you know, how does this forest take care of itself? Uh, nobody comes out here and prunes it. Nobody sprays the bugs. Nobody plants the seeds. And yet this is one of the richest ecosystems on the planet. Uh, if we look at it, if we observe it, if we understand how it's working, could we apply those same principles to human systems? What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music thinkers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think, don't think, But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, we did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. Save and you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever, well, it didn't happen. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? My fellow Americans, it's time to speak out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their name. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved. Their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much, and may God bless America. And if we could do that, could we, instead of having a kind of agriculture that is tremendously destructive to the land, could we develop an agriculture that would be a permanent agriculture, like a forest is a permanent system, that would be self-sustaining, that wouldn't require so many inputs, both of human energy and fossil fuel energy and other kinds of energy. So out of that, they developed a system of permaculture which originally was focused on agriculture and food growing systems and land management, and still very much is. But in recent years, many people have taken it and said, you know, if we understand some of these principles and patterns, um, we can actually apply them to things like social permaculture, to things like um, human systems, living systems, economies, as well as ecologies. And permaculture, instead of being permanent agriculture, has kind of come to mean permanent culture. Uh, and now permaculture is pretty much a worldwide movement with a lot of diversity within it. Um, in many, many, many countries throughout the world, we like to say permaculture has more on-the-ground projects around the world than the UN does. Uh, and people have been doing some amazing 
things with it. You know, there are uh, some amazing permaculture people who are doing things like Jeff Lawton, who's sort of Bill Mollison's, you could say, heir, um, who runs the Permaculture Research Institute in Australia, was talking recently about um, completely revitalizing a desiccated area in China the size of Belgium and regenerating it and bringing it back to life. Uh, Cuba, after the Soviet Union collapsed and cut off basically their access to oil and to supplies, uh, adopted permaculture and used it to make a transition to organic agriculture, locally based systems that allowed them not only to survive but actually to thrive and to improve their health and their economy. So there are many, many different ways that um, permaculture is out there working in the world. And I think permaculture as a system has a lot of lessons for us right now in this very crucial time where essentially we are up against the need because of climate change to make radical shifts in the way that we do things. You know, small things like changing our economy, our technology, our food growing systems, right? our lighting, our heating, you know, just a few things, right? Uh, and oftentimes I think that um, people look at that and get overwhelmed and despairing about this immense need that we face and the little that we're actually seem capable of doing about it. Now, I'm going to assume that I don't have to persuade you, A, that climate change is real, <laughs> or B, that we need to do something about it, or C, that things are bad. <laughs> Um, because I, don't, I, you know, I have limited time and I don't really want to spend it trying to make that case. I think that case is being made all around us. What I want to talk about are what are the shifts that we need to make and what are some of the guiding principles and practices that could lead us through to make that change. And to say that of all those immense things that we need to do and change, what they really come back to, I think, is an underlying shift in our way of looking at the world. Uh, a shift from looking at the world as a bunch of dead, isolated objects to looking at the world as a living web of relationships. To me, that is the core insight of earth-based spirituality. It is also what indigenous cultures have always maintained and continue to maintain and continue to try to tell us uh, whenever they have a voice that they are able to speak to us about. And it's also kind of basic common sense right? that <coughs> we are in relationship to the environment around us, um, that we cannot destroy our environment and expect to have healthy, fulfilled lives. Um, and that the longer we wait to do something about this crisis, the fewer resources we will have to do it with. So, um, looking to that, I think 
permaculture and earth-based spirituality converge around this understanding, this deep understanding that everything is in relationship. And along with that, I think, goes also a shift in our consideration of the sacred, uh, that the sacred, when I say the sacred, I'm not thinking about like what is it we bow down to or what is it we put on a pedestal. What I'm thinking about is what is it that's most important to us? What is it that we value beyond our personal comfort, our convenience? Sacred and sacrifice have the same root. Um, so what is it we are willing um, to take a stand for, to take a risk for? Um, what is it we care about so much and that we don't want to see it compromised or tainted or polluted in some way? And, you know, we come out of these sort of sky god traditions for the past thousand years that have located the sacred outside the world, and many of them have told us this world itself kind of is just not worth much. Um, now, I will say in every single one, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, all of those traditions, Buddhism, Hinduism, there are also strong strands of ecological wisdom and strong ethical strands that say, no, actually, this world is important and you need to take care of it, and that's part of our religion. But too often, I think that sense of um, this world being devalued is what actually plays out in our culture, and particularly because in recent times, that has shifted from the value not even being the value of God or heaven or some other world, but being this other abstract value of profit on the balance sheet. And so we are willing to destroy our forests um, for somebody's set of numbers. You know? uh, we are willing to compromise the integrity of our groundwater uh, for somebody else's set of numbers. Uh, we are willing to continue to pump our atmosphere full of carbon dioxide, again, for some other abstract set of numbers. And I think one of the great works that we can do as people who are concerned with the sacred is to counter that and to talk about that as a question of values and uh, a question of deep morals and ethics and say, actually, no, we don't have the right to destroy the systems that support our lives, the systems that our children and grandchildren will depend on for their future, uh, the living systems that support other forms of life for an abstraction uh, that really has no essential value or meaning of its own. Uh, this is like a great ensorcelment, you know, that has been a spell placed on the world, you know, to make us believe that somehow or other there is any kind of sense at all in placing profit above the living systems of the earth. 
to do that effectively, I think it's helpful for us to know what to counter it with in a positive way, not to just, just be able to say this is wrong and this is crazy, but what would it look like if we had a sane set of values? And to me, that's where permaculture comes in. So I wanted to not just talk about it, but also show you some pictures of it, because I think uh, permaculture is photogenic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know if there's a way to dim some of the lights, if that'll work with the recording or whatever. But um, hopefully you can all see what's up there. So permaculture. Oh, great. So uh, what world do we want? I'll take a show of hands. Who wants the world on the left? <laughs> Who wants the world on the right? <laughs> okay. Uh, a world of poverty, which is what billions of people live in today, um, that is a direct result of this combination of ecological devastation and social injustice or a world of abundance. So permaculture is a system of ecological design that shows us how we can create human systems modeled after natural systems. And permaculture is three core ethics. Care for the earth, uh, care for people. And to me, I think this is, again, another place where Earth-based spirituality and permaculture and indigenous wisdom come together. Over a lifetime, all of us change to an extraordinary degree. From a physical perspective, we start off as a little bundle about 50 centimeters high with cherubic features and elastic soft skin. I, I'm not trying to understand that as yourself at all times. What's the reason you're doing or trying to do a same thing with you do? Why go this far? Why try to learn this much? In the intervening period, every single cell in our body will have been replaced, often many times over. So think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry. That's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week. And will have gone through all kinds of experiences that perhaps leave almost no trace in memory. Remember, if you think you are wrong, you are. And remember, there's no such thing as bad luck. Only lost opportunities. Never, never, absolutely, absolutely never. never. Show yourself. Who am I? I'm a we carry the same name throughout our lives and consider ourselves as a relatively stable, unitary entity. But is it really right to think of ourselves as the same person? Why try to see it all? Why try to have it all? Why do it? Why learn it? Stay angry. Stay English. A standard assumption is that it's our body that guarantees our personal identity. If you think you are inadequate, you are. Now the chance change. Process all this information. Let me introduce you to yourself.